afternoon, everyone. This is Nelson Jason Brano here with podcasters, and we are really unleashed today, okay? We are really unleashed today. Okay, we have, as always, we have a great episode. However, in this episode today, it's, uh, and first of all, I want everybody to be sharing and subscribing, share on your social media platforms as we speak, share, share, and then share a little bit some more. Um, on YouTube, on Facebook, share. Um, one of the things that we've been doing is so that everybody gets to know who we are and what we're all about. We have a special episode that we do every so often, actually to schedule there, which is called Journey of a Podcaster. And today our journey, we're going to go with Victor Osio, who is unique in his very own right. Uh, if Victor ever says, I'm showing up with my brothers and sisters, just run, okay? Just run because you ain't going to be, it's not a fair fight, all right? So, but before I go to that, all right, um, we're going to, I'm going to introduce my co-host, all right? So I'm going to kick it off with our, uh, and all of my female co-hosts are beautiful. Yes, that's right. I said it. It might be politically correct, but all of my female co-hosts are beautiful. The beautiful Carla. Carla, it's yours. Hey everybody, I'm Carla and I'm the host of the Wonder and Wellbeing podcast, which is a podcast where we explore everything to do with education and well-being. Over to you, Howler. Hi, I'm the host of the podcast Women and Stories, where I share real stories from women around the world and tune in for a new episode next week. Over to you, Simon. Hi, I'm Simon Rustin. My podcast is Taxi Chronicles. And I interview people in a taxi. I'm actually up to 638 episodes now. There's something for everybody, so feel free to listen. We publish every day at 8 a.m., which is standard time. Over to you, Victor. Yeah, thank you, Simon. Very soon you, you, you'll be hitting the 1,000 mark. Congratulations thank to you. you. Yeah, I'm Victor. I'm Victor Sio. I'm the host of the Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast. And it is where we talk about strategy on how to, like, ditch the 9 to 5 and move into a lifestyle of freedom. Over to you. Oh, over to you, Matilda. Hello, everyone. I'm Matilda. My podcast is Coffee with Matilda, Journey to Self. And it's about uh, finding yourself, loving yourself, and uh, coming out of adversity stronger. Thank you, Victor. All right. And I will take it from there. So, like I said, all of my beautiful female hosts, co-host and my super handsome studly uh male co-host all right my name is nelson nelson jason brano i am the host of investing in america where we talk about how to invest in the united states and i leave a certain number of episodes where we talk about other things that have to do with uh, success such as uh, relationships high performance how to create a great family a great structure all right um we are going now i'm gonna tell you a little bit about the person that we've got kind of on the hot seat today his journey victor osio he's got quite a background um he's made the move from nigeria to london and back and forth um he, he's got this you know he's a you know kind of quiet strength calm demeanor very different background than everyone i've met um he has to say he has an extended family would be an understatement and uh, he is a businessman um, and an entrepreneur. The two are not the same. Um, and he goes back and forth between London and Nigeria, and he's well entrenched between those two. Um, so we're going to kick it off. And this is the way, and by the way, folks, bring your questions out. Victor also has a special treat for us at the end. 
Uh, no, he's not going to be dancing. He's got a special treat, a special offer for us, okay? Um, we're going to kick it off with a bit about, well, first of all, Victor, we're going to talk about entrepreneurship, okay? Entrepreneurship and podcasting. Um, Simon, do you want to open that up here for us on uh, entrepreneurship oh. and podcasting? Yes, I will. Um, Nelson, first of all, what made you want to do a podcast and a podcast in entrepreneurship? Give us a bit of your background. Hey, thank you, Simon. Thank you, Nelson. Yeah. The reason why I started doing um, the podcasting is because, like, when, when, over two, three years ago, I had this idea to, like, start reaching out to people. So I started creating Summit. So from there, I just wanted to take the conversation to a more personal level, whereby when I'm on the train in London, I see Africans, the Caribbeans, diasporans from Eastern Europe. We go to work every day on the train. They're so busy, nine to five, sometimes seven to seven. You know, they wake up, they're the first to get on the train, they're the last to come back home. I'm like, okay. I was, I'm, I already have ideas about that there is a different kind of way to make extra money. Why not physically being present? And these things, they appear to me every day online. So they kind of like, I attract this stuff. So I say, wait, if I start speaking to these people every day or once a week, bringing some of these guests to a platform, whereby instead of having these summits once in three months and I get most of these people to start talking about how they actually, the strategies, how they focused, how their mental, their mental, um, their mental focus shifted, their goals, their visions. If they start talking about this on a daily basis, or on a weekly basis, on a podcast episode, or, on a pod, or, or craft it into kind of, yeah, like a show, I think this will kind of like spark or inspire one or two people to start looking at how they make money differently, how they create more time for their family differently. So that's how I just like came up with this, like, you know what, the perfect driver, the perfect vehicle for this kind of conversation is the podcast format. That's thank you, Victor. Thanks, thanks, sir. Yeah. Sorry, I muted myself. Thank you, Victor, for that. Um, why also a podcaster? Why? What? What made you want it? There's other um, ways of reaching the audience. Why a podcast? Yeah, like I said, it is. When I started doing the research on on podcasting, you can actually be on the train. You can actually be on the move. You can actually be, you know. Um, cleaning the house while listening to podcasts. You don't need to be physically or visually engaged like YouTube to listen to a podcast. You can be doing whatever shows, doing your shopping and listening to podcasts. So it is audio, it's simple, it's smooth. It is just, it is a very simple and straightforward conversation. That is why it shows podcasts as, um, as the way to go for me. Thanks. Thanks a lot for that, um, Victor. Back to you, Nelson. Okay. Well, Victor, thank you for sharing that. Simon, thank you for those questions. We're going to kind of turn it around a bit here. Um, 
there's a thing about kind of leveling up the playing field and, um, you know, our very own Carla, you know, she's got a unique perspective of things. So Carla, I'm going to turn this over to you. And, uh, and then I believe we've got some things from Kaola as well, right behind that. All right. Yeah, um, I'm just listening to uh, Victor talking about all the entrepreneurship and all the business and stuff like that. And I know he's a father and I know it's not so easy when you're a parent. So I'm wondering, Victor, being a parent and managing a family whilst trying to earn a living and be a businessman on an entrepreneur, which Nelson has let us realise is not the same. What's been the biggest challenges and um, with balancing everything and what tips have you got for me and for other parents who are out there trying to do all these things as well? Yeah, thank you, Carla. Um, for someone who does transition like yourself, is it as a parent first, as a father first, as a family person first, it is hard. Let's not take that away from it. It is very, very hard. So, um, the challenges I had before now, before things are beginning to like, okay, take shape now, because I was always going, I, I was always going into them into my ventures alone. So I was not thinking about uh, my partner, I was not thinking about my kids. But now I, what changed for me was that I now brought them into the vision and I made them to see the bigger picture. For my partner, I made her to see that, see, if we can succeed in hitting this mark, if we can succeed in doing this or face or start focusing towards this road this is where we may end uh, this is where we may end up so like what well, like i say if you if you shoot for the moon you might hit the stars so if we start focusing towards this we will definitely this is the reward that we be waiting for us we might fail but why not let's just go into it so instead of becoming a low ranger or instead of continuing my low ranging ways whereby when I come back home, everything will be like chaos. We now started like moving into this, into this couple dynamic whereby if I say, okay, let's go here. And she has very good ideas, which is one of my greatest support. She, 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 she wants me to like, she wants us to succeed. She wants, us to like live the dream that we've always been talking about even though i was like four or five steps away before now bringing her into the mix bringing my family into the mix i had the solid base that you know what whatever comes our way we must move forward so it was hard not that it's easy now but it's like it's relieving i'm relieved that i've got someone behind me who is supporting me or someone beside me who is like nudging me, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Because sometimes you just want to like, you know what, this is this is a roadblock. But um I don't I, I've forgotten the saying that says one can so no, it's the Bible saying that say one can chase a thousand, but two can chase ten thousand. So if I go in alone can if I meet a roadblock, she might find see somewhere that I've not looked at before. And that is how we just managed to like, uh, that's how we'll be jumping hurdles that have been coming. So it is hard, but that's just some of the um, challenges that I've got and how I like mitigate against them right now. 
Okay, so you've got the whole family on board with the plans. Absolutely. And yeah. yeah, and the kids as well. When we go, I try to... Okay, look at it this way. I have a real estate company in Nigeria. We develop properties in Nigeria. So when when they see... when, when Sometimes when we go on... When we go on the budget, so we go on the budget street. They're like, I, I, "What's going on? Why, why, why did this change? Why did that change?" So we kind of sell the big picture to them. This is what we are trying to achieve. And when we got, when we went um, to Nigeria um, last year, even this year as well during the COVID, we took them to see the property. We took them to see the development. And so you see. All this time that we've been doing this, this is where we're actually investing into. And they were like, okay, they, they had that sense of ownership. So I believe up till now, but you know their kids, I believe up till now, they they get they get the idea of this is what mom and dad is doing, and we've seen it. Even though sometimes they just go, they just act out of character, but they still understand the yeah. So are, are there any things that are not off budget? So when you go on to budget, are there any things that the, the kids will not compromise on? They're just like, no, is it Netflix or what? What has to be, what is it, their limit? Because every kid has a limit, don't they, of how low they will go budget-wise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there has, to be, there has to be at least one subscription. So okay. we've got Netflix, Amazon, and uh, what's it called? Uh, Disney Plus. So there has to be at least one. Okay. If not, yeah, there's okay. going to be war. <laughs> so you have to compromise, I guess. Yeah, I have to compromise, and and, well, and, and you, it is on a. Go ahead, Simon. I hope you make them earn that privilege. That's a privilege. You should let them know that's a privilege. Well, yeah, the thing is, ah, the mom has. Not me. The mom has already been giving them pocket money on a weekly basis. So that starting order has been set for over four or five years. So to to start to start switching into except it, it is it is more than their their pocket money. If it's something if it's something below the pocket money, they don't even care. They're just like, okay, don't worry, don't worry. But if it's way more than their pocket money, say they want to buy a game that is maybe a hundred pounds. So, what do you know? Do you know they sell games like a hundred pounds, ninety-five pounds? Yes, they do. <laughs> we go to and they like us. Finish that. Your, your sound's so, gone, Victor. If they're going, I can't hear you, Simon. You're muted. If they go above, <laughs> no, uh, Victor. Uh, Vic, uh, hey, Victor. Victor, one second. Money. Victor, one second. Yeah, your your sound. You're, you're, we're having a tough time with your sound. Um, it looks like you hit something. If you could try again, Victor. Victor, give us a testing. Okay. One, two, three. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, uh, Victor, one more time. It might be with the connection. It looks like it's a connection issue. One, two, three. Perfect, Victor. We got you, and we can hear you. Okay, one, two, three. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's American technology, okay? I just wanted to share that. It's American technology. The one, two, three. All right, Victor. I hope I answered your question, Simon. 
Yep. No, it's more than fair enough, mate. I think back to Nelson on that one. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, and again, if we have any audience questions, feel free. Um, you know, Victor's talking about this unique topic, his journey as a podcaster, as a business person, and as an entrepreneur as well. And all three are not the same, are not the same. Um, so when the questions come in through the chat, we'll make sure we read them out and get them answered. Okay. Um, since we're on the topic here of relationships, family, Matilda, I think you had a question or two on the topic. Look at Matilda. She's so excited. My goodness. Come to the screen. Matilda, it's all yours. Yeah, Victor, I think uh, you kind of know what I'm going to ask. It's you're the opposite <laughs> of me. I'm the only child, and I don't have a brother sister. You have 52 brother and sister. From me, it's like, how is this? I know I don't know it's possible or not, but you're sharing that it's a possibility. Have you met anyone that has more brother sister than you in your life? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Where is that? Who's that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in Nigeria. Yeah. Ah, interesting. So, okay, I want to yeah. see what this what what is your experience of having fifty two brothers and sisters. It seems like you grew up with a supporting system, and I mean, a lot of um, when you're three, for example, you've learned so much from your older brothers and sisters. It's like you've gone to university from day one of your life, uh, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we study. We are dealing with people. And if you master that game, I think you master your life. You master any businesses that you want to do in life. Uh, so tell, tell us about that experience because obviously I'm very behind. <laughs> I'm minus 52. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that it is 51, except you want to be the, 50, the 52nd one. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, I grew up in a in a very large family, and um, my dad is, uh, let's say, a behind of black tax, where you be the most successful one in the family, and you need to like you need to start taking care of everyone around you. So he was like that kind of guy. So, um, he had. The women love him, he love them, you know. And uh, my mom, she's number, she's the ninth wife. Yeah, yeah, she's the ninth wife, you know. And I am the first of my mom. Yeah, so we grew up knowing, in a mix, yeah, we grew up in, in my father's compound where we had tenants, so we lived mixed with other other families in the same in the same compound. So when when they say when the Af the African saying that says it takes a village to raise a child, I am one of those products. So in our compound we were like when I was growing up, we were like oof about 10, 12, 13 families living together. This is my father's compound, so it's like a mixed use where the landlord stays in one side. There's a big, um, there's a big playground in the middle of the compound. So it's like a box, quite shape. 
So when we come back from school, we get into there, we start playing football, play everything. We eat anywhere, whoever is cooking, we go there, we eat, we come out, we go. So that's the type of um, environment I grew up in. I never knew anything about um, poverty or knew anything about people not eating right until I went to boarding house where I started seeing how other people live and start talking about their background, what they miss. I never knew anything like that existed in my life. I've never seen anyone. We never go, we never went hungry because we were always, you know, well cared for. My mom had her own business. My dad had a business. My stepmom, they all have their own business. The only stepmom that was not, um, she was a matron in the hospital. So that was not matron. So that was the only um, one of my father's wife who was not an entrepreneur, who was not uh, a trader. Yeah, the word entrepreneurship does not exist then, but we are all traders. We buy, we sell. So that is the kind of environment that I grew up in. My DNA is that. You drop me into a working environment, I get bored easily. And I want to like come out. Maybe it's a flaw, maybe not. I would find that when I sit down at the age of 60, 65, 70, I start looking back into my life. But in, the family, in my family circle, my dad tried his best to like show, because he was not really educated. So he went to, in the, in the, in the Western education, he was not really into, he didn't finish his, um, I think it was the year seven or class one, as we call it secondary school, the first year that he dropped out because his dad could not pay his school fees anymore. So he just went into trading. And, and, I'm, there sorry. He started... and yeah. I'm sorry, Victor, he managed to get 12 wives? Yeah. That's like amazing, that is... no? <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's amazing. And... Vida, the funny thing, the, the, let me not say the funny thing, the good thing is that nine women, nine of them stayed in the same compound. I never one day, there can be bickering of the backyard, but I never one day saw my mom having an altercation with the next one. They get with my stepmom. Wow. So, we as kids, we I have friends inside my family. Yes, I have people that, you know what, I don't want to bother with this one because we kind of pick and choose within the family. We are enough. We are enough in our family. And Yeah, that's just like jump in there, Victor. Just, football team. We just got some comments coming through. I can't yeah. pronounce his name. I, it begins, Almeti. Excuse for my poor English. <laughs> says, that number is a fact. Sorry. That number is a fact. You need to see the kids back in the day going to school. Ha, 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 smiley face. Yes, 12 wives. I will add, there is a guy in Kenya who had 120 odd children. And um, the law is in Kenya, you can only have four wives, even on a tribal scale. So <laughs> people were wondering <laughs> what to do with him. Should they put him in jail or what? But no, he eventually <laughs> died. He probably died for lack of energy. And and I do have a uh, friend, not to take away from Victor, who has 
His mum is one of 19 children and they're all from the same parents. So, you know, it can be done. Yeah. Back to you, Nelson. So the wife was always pregnant. I mean, how is this possible? People cannot have one child. Let no, alone 19. Matilda, people have large families for many generations, many, many generations, especially if you come from field work. You're doing, um, you know, that's your only pleasure you could get away with in certain cases. Yeah, I have, yeah. one mm. of my stepmom had 11 kids. Yeah, so... Uh, Victor, mashallah. question for you. Mashallah. Yeah. yeah, Victor, a quick question for you. What would you say has been the most important thing that you've learned from your time doing business? Not necessarily podcasting, just doing business. Because I've interviewed you before and you spoke about how you used to sell car parts from England to Nigeria. And you're now yeah. you're in um, real estate. So what's been the most important factors that you learned that you could share with the audience and us? Yeah. Um, what is the end goal? Where's the end goal? What do you want? Yeah. Do you want do you want do you want a quick flip? Do you want to just um do you want to make money now? Or do you want it to like to last how we say it in Nigeria? Do you want your money to last to the evening time? So short term or long term, what do you want? So I've learned I've learned as I as I grow older, I've learned that you know what? Two years ago, when my second daughter said, oh, you know what, I want to go to Calat in California to study art, to study animation. I'm like, uh-oh. That ring and alarm bell in me and my wife said, okay, you know what, we need our long-term vision because these kids, whether you like it or not, they would go. And when they go, it's going to be just me and you. And if it's me and you, we need to find something or we need to start focusing on the long term. And where do we want to live? We want to live in Nigeria. We don't want to, like, live in London. So we started making the plan. So those, so we started doing some reverse engineering. Okay, this is what we want. This is the target. This is the number. This is... So we started, like, working towards that. So, so instead of instead of short term play, we started playing the long term play now. That's good. Uh, that's um, something I also learned, um, so I can understand that lesson. You have to start off with the end, and then work your way back, and that's the best way, from my experience and from what I've been mentored, is to do business. So I, I we park our cars in the same garage on that one. Back to you, um, Nelson. Okay. Um, thank you, Simon, Matilda, and Carlo for those questions and uh, the long game. Talking about, since we're still on the topic of family here, um, Kaola has a question or two. She's got a question or two. Yes, I have a question for you, Victor, since you have uh, a lot of brothers and sisters, 52. <laughs> and uh, have you ever felt like you have been left behind in the family? Because sometimes when you grew up in a big family or in a tribe, it has its advantages and disadvantages. So what is the thing that you didn't like growing up in a tribe? 
that's a very interesting question. Um, your voice, your voice gets drowned in in the midst of everyone. So we are fifty-one. I am number twenty-five. I'm the twenty-fifth. It's um the I'm the I'm the one in the middle. They call middle. So if we all line up now, I'll be the one in the middle. So even if I'm the first in my mom, I'm still the middle in the family. So when they speak, or when I when I try to speak, it was like I need it needs to be filtered through twenty-two bodies before it gets to where it's supposed to land. So I started looking for shortcuts to like not 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 um grab a, yeah, I would say grab attention or I started like um doing some some very peculiar things who, whereby if I want to get the attention of my dad, either he wants all of us to be very academically like balanced. So, so Victor, either, Victor, Victor, hold on a I, second. Are I, you trying to tell us you did kind of crazy stuff as a kid to get attention? Um, <laughs> no, that's that's no, no, no. Victor, I wasn't that on, crazy. Victor, it's just you, us, and the entire internet. That's all. Come on. <laughs> and fifty-two. <laughs> and fifty-two. I wasn't. I, I wasn't that. I wasn't that crazy when I was growing up. Yeah, you know that, Nelson. I wasn't that crazy. So, are you crazy but now? At least, um, no, not yet. Uh, I just want to. Uh, not yet. Ah, now we get in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, you know, there's some, there's some. I was very strategic about um, having or gaining my dad's attention. I was my mom's, um, my mom's elder, so I bring, I bring in some very in my year, year, year We call it primary five. In primary five, I did my first, my first exam into college. We call him secondary school. So I passed. I wanted to go to a boarding house where most of my siblings were going to. They were just like going to the next school, the, the school next door. I wanted to go out of town. So that really caught my dad's attention. Okay, who is this man? We better start paying attention to him. <laughs> Who's this one? Okay. Yeah. Who's this one? Is this <laughs> Yeah. So there was one day that my, my mom proposed something. Oh, yeah. I was in, um, how do you call it? Year four, year five. I've done all my GCSEs. And I got an admission into Howard University in Washington. And I came to my dad and said, look, I need to go to this university. This is my admissions result, uh, my admission letter, offer of acceptance. This is um, the hostel. This is the residence. So this is how much I need to get this thing done. My dad just looked at me and my mom like, you always try to take something that your hands cannot reach. So what does that mean? Say, so look at everyone around you. They are going to the next university. Yeah, you want to go far away. Now. So those are, those are how I got attention from from the man. And I believe he was very proud of me. 
I, yeah, I hear that. I would have said that's the only way to live. If you don't reach for what you can't get, you will never learn. Yeah, because I took after his own playbook. Yes, yeah, so, he was a so dreamer. So in that case, Victor, the billion dollar question is, how many how many wives are you reaching for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm in the Western world right now. You can't you can't get married to more than one in the Western okay, world. Allah, Allah, come on, Allah. See, I'm married actually, to one wife, actually, and I'm going to remain married to one wife. Actually, you know what? Well, well, see, but that really. There's another escape clause in there. There's an escape clause. There's an escape clause. That's that's the answer we're getting in London. That's not the answer we're getting in Nigeria, is it? Forget Nigeria mm -hmm. in the Delta, Delta Niger. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Notice no answer has come back yet. Okay. Um, all right. So let's – and I think there was another – follow-on question but before i ask that as part of your own journey for the folks that are listening Otto, i mean that's the name that's how i'm pronouncing it Otto for now that's the that's the nelson um please let us know about the number of wives there you go um omelette um the uh, the number of wives questions okay how many wives would you have and this is part of a podcast's journey right here with victor um in the meantime as you guys are answering that question i think kaola had a follow-up question there you know i think she had a follow-up question on that um on that right there yeah i just want to know um growing up did you think you you need to prove yourself to your dad or you need to uh to inspire not to inspire him. I mean, you need to to show him more that you are worthy of things. Or do you, have you felt that you are in a competitive environment? Because I think everyone seeks to be the best one. And okay, good. And Victor, yeah. right before, hold on, Victor. Right before you answer that, we have a something came in. Um, Kaola or Simon, do you want to take that right there? Okay, wait, wait, one second. I can't see anything at my end. There's so... no comment. Okay, uh, I think I got a comment right here from, uh, or is it a past one, uh, from Ortho? No, I've read, if there's two comments, I've read two comments from that, that audience member. Okay, all right. I yeah, thought and, that's, I... and that's Orishema Tosa or Meti. Okay. Yeah. We don't have any we to, comments. Okay. We went to right. wedding house together. Okay, all right. I thought we had a comment. I, so I got a question for you. What, hold Sorry, on a second. We got, we got a Kaola, then Matilda, and then Simon. Roger that. Uh, Kaola, just to wrap up Kaola's question, Simon. Uh, Victor, excuse me. Okay, um, Kaola, uh, Kaola, your question was if I if I had the need to prove myself. Yes, I do, and I did. Mm -hmm prove myself because when you are in this uh, when you are in the the family I grew up in my if it if it's not if it's not related to academics sorry so 
for you to get my dad's attention, you need to come with something that is related to education because that is what he lacked. So he wants us to be like, not to be like him when it comes to like when his education degree, he wants us to like aspire to the very end that we can possibly get. If you dream it, just go for it. He will support you. So most of my elder brothers and my elder sisters, some of them are teachers, why some of them just, you know what, I'm not caught up for this educational academic shit. I'm going straight, sorry, sorry for my um, language. I'm going straight into business and they started their own business. Some of them were successful, some of them failed. But I knew that if I wanted something to really happen to get a better chance of standing in the society, I needed to get my my dad to actually support me, which he has no um he had no problem supporting male or female in our family. Okay. So I did, I did, I did. So do you think you, you hold the same legacy for your children? Do you think that if they want to have your attention, they need to present their academic scores or whatever they need to? The, the, the dynamics has changed because where you have 12 wives, your attention is different from when you have just one wife and three kids. I see them every day. I check what they're doing every day. So, and when it comes to their, I know who is slacking. I know who is falling behind and I know who is moving forward. I compare, I know how to read results. But he, during his time, he, he we just got report cards and show him the report cards and that's it. Oh, what position did you take this year? Oh, I took first. What position did you take? Oh, 30th, oh, 12th. So he, he couldn't remember the last one. He couldn't compare. But now I'm on top of I'm on top of the I'm on top of it right now, so that's why I can't have more or I can't marry another way because attention will be very will be slack I, I, I think I think the second part of this podcast is why polygamy <laughs> is not good for you, uh, especially if you have Alzheimer's or short-term memory loss. Um, yeah. So, all right, that's. Uh, Matilda, I, I think you had a question or two in there. Actually, yeah, it's about your marriage life. Um, like you grew up in a culture that it's okay. I mean, you still have a culture that it's okay to have more wives. Lots of men in your position would jump into the opportunity to marry more or, um, you know, and, or maybe your wife is okay. I don't know. Maybe she has the culture as well. Why you choose one? I want to... For me, it's important. What happened? Like you saw your parents. Is it something that you're affected by it? Or it's a, a personal decision you made in your later life? Or maybe this woman, your wife, gives you everything that you need for? Or one wife is enough? Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, my wife, she's very busy. And um, we grew up together. We were teenagers together. You know, when? 1993. So we, we, we practically like, raised each other. You know, what I mean, raised each other, we grew up like together. So she's from 
the same type of background. Her dad has, um, her dad, she's from polygamous family as well. The dad has like four wives or five wives. So, but it wasn't, it wasn't a conversation. It wasn't a discussion that we, oh, you know what, let's just be monogamous. No, it wasn't. It was just how we just lived, how we loved ourselves, and how we, you know, it, it has no effect on us. Yeah, polygamy has no effect on us. That is why I can still tell you that if whoever wants to practice, go ahead. But it has no effect on me, it has no effect on my wife. We came from the same background, so we just decided to, like, you know, stay with each other. It wasn't a conversation that we had once today. So it's like, oh, you know what? As we say, we die here. We live together. <laughs> you know, you're a husband. Bravo to you. And a very good father. Oh, thank you, Matilda. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, my question to you, um, Victor, is obviously you've grown up with a large family, as you've explained, you're the middle. In business, everything's about communication and handling people and knowing how to hand understand them. What skills of living in a large family have you transferred to your business world and how? Give us an example. How has it helped you? Okay. Well, as someone who grew up from a large family, I have we have friends in within the family, as I've mentioned. So I can have someone that I don't really flow with at the moment. Say two of my brothers are quarreling. They don't see eye to eye. You get? And I'm a friend to both of them as brothers so i find i find a way to be i don't want I, I don't want to be i find a way not to judge both of them so i know i know how to like make them see see sense in what in why being apart does not really make sense why coming together why being united as brothers um of United as family would actually make us better. So whatever business I go to go go into, I try to to learn the language of the business and how how they communicate within that space. Because doing business here and doing business in Nigeria, it is a whole different different manner. So if you go to if you go to Harvard or you go to London Business School and you take that hat to go and do business in Nigeria, you need to like, that hat will be slapped off your head. You need to have the street or the local knowledge on how to do business there. So you either go to the Lagos Business School to learn how to do business in Nigeria. So you need to like have different, not, not, for, not, not being two-faced, but uh, know how to Know how to use the 48 laws of power, how to like... You need to be flexible. Is that what you're saying, Victor? You need, yeah, you need, yeah, you need to be flexible mm -hmm. in your communication. You don't need to have this hard stand. 
you need to be flexible and know that okay if this one come because you have two brothers you love them equally you don't want to be too hard on this you don't want to be too hard on that you don't want to be too rigid you want to be flexible on how you like okay you guys need to like come together come together and bring them to like if they stay in the same room for for a long time you find out that whatever is going on whatever animosity will like disappear so i've learned that from from my childhood to know how to like handle people in the way they want to be handled in a respectful way and know when to like bring the the backhand into the matter i have a follow-up question victor since you're talking about this how you can maintain healthy boundaries because you have a big family you have business you have your 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 daughters and you have your son so how how you can maintain healthy healthy boundaries yeah Ooh, that is that is that is fire yeah i i i started learning this late when we started um when we started um, broadcast yourself when we started like define our values so since then i knew that okay you know when it comes to my freedom i don't want anything to compromise it when it comes to my family i don't want anything to like come and compromise so so when i started like defining my or getting more clarity in my values and I begin to like set boundaries. No, don't cross here. This is no, don't cross here. This is where, and I make it like before. I would say stuff like this out. I would just like internalize them. But now I make you know my values that these are my core values. Do not cross them. So my values are like my boundaries. You know we're and. First of all, that was a really good follow-up question from Kaola right there, and I and I think Matilda might have one. I don't. Carla definitely has one. But before we go any farther, um, one of the things that we're talking about here, and I definitely want us to hit on, is leveling up the playing field. Okay, leveling up the playing field. Um, so I, I I know Carla's got a question, and we're gonna have another one to go right behind it. But hold on a second. We have a comment, a comment that came right here. Kaola, I'm going to let you take that one right there. I think it's someone from the family. Julumi Omezi. Nice one, Baba. <laughs> okay. Um, just out of curiosity, uh, is that your nickname, uh, Victor, Baba? Yeah, you know, it's just... It just uh, what, what does that mean, Baba? Ba Baba is like Papa. Baba. Baba. You know, it's the same in Arabic, Baba. Baba. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's the same in Farsi. It's in same in Farsi. See? Okay. Well, we're just gonna call you Abu Victor. Abu Victor. Okay. <laughs> All right. Why? Well, I, I like yeah. it. I like it. Um, let's see now. I think we got a question in from. Uh, well, actually, even before that, we're talking about leveling up the playing field, right? So, Victor, can you talk a bit about how to level up the playing field? Because you have something that you want to share with the audience, uh, a, a something that you created. Can we talk a bit about that, how to level up the playing field? When you were talking about the digital product, when you saw the, the um, African diaspora, um, how to escape the nine to five. 
Yeah, thank you, Nelson. The world has changed right now, you know, and uh, one of my mission is to make sure that um, as a podcaster, that everyone who has a passion, everyone who who has a skill from the, that that's from um, not from the let, let me not say not from the mainstream, mm -hmm. uh, from the for the ethnicity. See, whatever you are right now, if you have a skill, the the playing field has changed. The barriers into market is down. We have YouTube, we have um, we have Facebook. Facebook did something. Facebook ads, YouTube ads. So all these all these are, are, are avenues that are ways into the market. But to level up the playing field, say now you're starting a new business or you're starting a passion, your side hustle, and you want to like accelerate your your authority within your niche. All you have to do is know how to play the game. We have tools that are that are basically free that you can use. Now, leveling up the playing field. The way the way I do it is that I have something called we create something called a web summit. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right now during during COVID, you can't go out into um getting a space for you to do your web your 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 seminars or to have your retreats is kind of it is non-existent for the past 12 months right things are beginning to open up now mm -hmm. but during covid we saw the rise of tools like zoom mm -hmm. we saw uh, microsoft came out with their with teams mm -hmm. we saw google uh, not being sure of their their, their meet Google Meet, they start mm -hmm. changing. So we saw so many video conferencing tools. Well, even now, even what we're know, on right now, even what we're on right yeah, now, Streamyard. Even Streamyard came during during the pandemic for us to like start speaking to each other wherever you are in the world. So, say you are, um, yeah, say you are a podcaster who is very passionate about entrepreneurship, like myself, within within my community. Now, mm -hmm. all I have to do now, the step that I need to take, uh, one, is to go through, I have this domination plan. So you plan, you link, okay, you okay. allow Hold on a second. Network. Hold on. Did you say a domination plan? Yeah. Okay. I have a I domination like plan. Do domination yeah. plan. All right. Look at Matilda's yeah. line. She likes that domination plan. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, so you get you get key people of interest within your who are already successful in your niche in your in your in your environment. You get them together, say 10, 15, 20 of them. My first summit, I did like twenty-two guests. Okay, so you did a virtual so, summit. Yeah, I did a virtual summit. Okay, of twenty-two guests. And these guests are from diverse fields. All they talk about is, we did a three, I did a three-day summit. They spoke about mindset. They spoke about strategy, and they spoke about um, about finance. So, if when when you come to the summit and you see me talking to these celebrities or these influencers within your space, 
by by virtue of uh, what's it called? By virtue of relativity, or is it called? You kind of you associate me directly to be someone of importance. So now, instead of me coming to sorry about the lighting. So now, instead of me coming to you as a nobody who is just starting out, now you see me talking to. Imagine uh, that may be too far off, but say um, I'm doing a podcast show. I'm doing a podcast summit, and we have Joe Rogan, uh, Brian Rose, uh, Patrick Bed David. I'm interviewing all of them. Mm-hmm. By association, you already know me as a key person of in, uh, key person of influence. Okay. Now it is easy. Now you've seen me with people, and you know the three things why people buy from me: the know, like, and trust. So you have They've social proof now. We have social proof. Social like proof. Okay. Yeah. So you've seen me with these guys. Mm, this guy must be something. You you heard me speak. Okay, I like him. It seems I'm, I'm trusting. What is he selling? Let me go find out more about him. So, so Victor, let me just for but two things. We he just had a comment came in. We said, so you know, we got a you know the comment. I think the comment backs up. Kaola, can you read out that comment, please? Yes, it's again from Jolomi. So, great Marina, the base of where it all started. You are an inspiration to us growing up. Keep it, Baba Victor. <laughs> Baba Vic. Uh. <laughs> Baba Vic. Hey, thank you, my guy. Thank you sound you. like a part of the Wu Tang clan, Baba Vic. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Nancy, so that is just that is just part of the strategy on how to like level up the playing field. Because you don't have you don't have the budget of Coca-Cola. You don't have the budget of who? Of Honda. You don't have the budget of Microsoft. You don't have the big budget. But okay. so within Victor, your niche. Uh-huh. So since you're talking about budget, and I'm just going to jump in there for the sake of time, you have an offer out, I believe. You have an offer out of, a, of an ebook. Yeah. Okay. So it, the, book, the book is basically how to become a key person of influence, how to accelerate your, your authority within your niche. So it's a free ebook. You All can right, so just um, so Victor, follow I'm the a, link that's where she Okay, I'm I'm just gonna Don't I'm just come. gonna cut in there for a second. Um, actually, a little technical thing there. It's a complimentary link. Okay, it's a complimentary. Uh, this is a work that's been done by Victor. Um, it's an online complimentary link that you can get to his ebook. All right. Um, so you have access to basically how to become a person of influence. Uh, which is very important. So this is work that Victor has done. Um, the link is there below. I highly encourage everyone to hop on that link. Very important to become a key person of influence. Um, if you want to make sure things happen in life, it's easier to be able to influence the outcome of things versus um, you're a byproduct, right? Okay. Um, so there. So I just wanted to make sure that got out, Victor, right there. I know you're excited about this topic. Um you mentioned about mindset, and I think Kaola has a question on mindset right there. Okay. Yeah, uh, actually, this one is very uh, is very important. So we can learn from you, Victor. How do you push through your worst times? Hmm. Hmm. He downloads his own book. 
and he reads it again. Okay. <laughs> That's what it does. Uh, I, I've I've been through I've been through a lot, and I still wonder why I smile. Again, been through so many things, so I wonder why you know I still come out with this. I can tell cool. you why you smile. Victor. Right. You smile because you're still in the game. And as Steve Harvey says, where his mother used to say, you may not like where you are now, but you're damn sure happy you're not where you used to be. You're still making progress. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not where I used to be, true, for real. But knowing, knowing that... Ooh, if I say, if I if I just say, oh, because I'm a Christian or I'm not the practicing Christian, but if I say I'm a Christian, it would be too like cliche to me to not be. But I've managed to come out from some stuff that can. I've been through separation. I've been through. I've lost a lot of money. You know, I almost lost my kids due to separation. I've been through so many so many things that you know what I'm still here. So so long the sun comes out I can I can I will be able to do something. And I see people every day from where I come from from Nigeria who don't have as much who don't have as much um, as much opportunity or as much access, yeah, let me use the word access that I mm-hmm. that, that that I have to give mm-hmm. up. So when I just think about, you know, that some people looking up to you, just get up, just one more time, just try one more time. I think that is uh, that's the best answer I can give. Yeah, we got a comment. Victor, yeah, we got a comment coming. Which it's is directly from... related to what you were yeah. just saying, Victor. Simon, yeah. uh, go for it, please. It said, oh my, it said, please, when I try to level the playing field, what percentage do I put on the family unit and work biz slash business unit 60, 40, 30, 70, exactly? Example. Question. You got that, Victor? Yeah, I got that. I got that. See, um, what I would say, what I would say is, I'm from. On this occasion, I'm from the Danpenya School of Thought that say that there's nothing like. There's no, there's no figure. It, it has to be with you and how you negotiate with your, with your family. So there's no, there's no. I can't tell you seventy percent or thirty percent. Your wife or your partner or your family may understand why you're giving them 10% during this time. So if they understand that this 10% during this time is what you what you can give to them, and you need 90% to go focus on what would move the family forward towards the permanent site or to, to move your ministry forward, then... It is acceptable. Don't feel guilty about it. Just do it. Just go ahead. But if it's something that you can manage and say, okay, you know what? I can actually, I've been 
I've done enough, so now I can share 50-50. Fine. Whatever works for you. But don't be don't be don't be held back by the idea of I need to give them 30 percent, I need to give them 70 or 50-50. No. Whatever works for you, communication, negotiation, and also be very clear of the vision so that whoever your partner is will be able to, your family should be able to see that it will be worth it after mm. one year, after two years, after six months, after three months. Mm. If they understand that, I think it will be easy for you to know the type of the amount of time you can apportion towards leveling your own playing field. Okay. Well, I would just to add to that, Victor. Um, I would say, one, should you be doing business, and this isn't to you, this is to the guy in the audience, should you be, is family the right people to be doing business with? Because just because they're family doesn't mean you do business with them. And really, if you're doing business with anybody, regardless of who they are, it's about what you bring to the table, not who you are. Because... Business is business. Unless you're looking after your children or your mum, then it's just normal business. That's the mindset I would address it with. Yeah, I, I think Simon, he might have been addressing how much time does he spend on the family compared to oh. how much time spending on the business. Um, and, and I think that might have a follow-up question. So, uh, Ometi, uh, feel free to you know post in your follow-up question. I, I feel that up oh, there. You go, Kaola. Could you please read that follow-up question? You can read it, Nelson or Simon. <laughs> no, it's all yours. It's a uh, look. It says the ladies, the wonderful ladies. <laughs> there you go. You, you can, yeah. You can. Uh, you can. Um... Post your question, Omiti. I would also appreciate if any of the wonderful ladies can share a bit of their own light. Okay, so Matilda or Carla, if you wanted to uh, jump into the discussion, feel free. And then again, thanks, Simon. Yeah, I, I was just listening to Victor there, and I want, because it sounds to me, Victor, that um, you've got so many advantages to you in so many ways. And actually, listening to you made me realize that your biggest advantage is probably your mindset the mindset that you got mainly from growing up in such a competitive environment and you've been able to really leverage so many advantages because of your mindset and also probably because of your relationship as well you've had this stable relationship for such a long time and this support system from your wife and now your kids have joined that as well according to what you said but i'm wondering about any disadvantages real disadvantages that you might have faced let's say from jumping between uh, Nigeria and the UK, um, what were the disadvantages that you faced and, and how did you overcome them, basically? And what advice would you give to anyone else who maybe has got lots of advantages, different cultures, um, maybe lots of life challenges, but then is facing maybe some uh, disadvantage when it comes to business in different countries that they want to overcome? What did you do and how can other people learn from that to do the same? The biggest uh, that question, that question. I get asked the same question from Nigerians as well, so it's not just you. The biggest challenge that I, that I faced was trying to do everything by myself. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, yep, we got yeah. you a lot so of the, 
yeah, the biggest the biggest challenge that I that I faced was trying to do everything by myself. You know, I was thinking, oh, if you have to do something, you need to do it yourself. You need to do it. So if you want to do something well, do it yourself. Do it yourself. But I later found out that I can't be in two places at the same time. I need to actually start trusting people to do what they say they are going to do. And some of the challenges was hiring people and having family and friends do your bidding and they don't have uh, they don't have they don't have the ownership factor they don't they don't they don't want to own the business they don't want to own so by the time you go to nigeria you stay for two weeks three weeks time was like oh you need to start coming back to pay your bills so that's that's that time so now the way the way i'm using now is to actually have paid staff, no family, no friends. So paid staff. This is your job description, and the internet has made it to be very, very internet penetration in Nigeria has made it very, very um, has made it easier to like monitor stuff. So we have dedicated Wi-Fi, dedicated bro um, router, dedicated broadband that we use to like monitor our processes in nigeria we are into and what, and what what we are doing now when regards to to property development you can actually monitor it using cctv that is wi-fi based so there are many ways right now to monitor your business even though you're not physically in the location so these are some of the challenges that i faced and this was how I was able to. This, this is how I'm using to like um, mitigate them, or I'm using to like um, overcome them right now. I don't know if I made sense. Yeah, definitely, definitely, that definitely makes a difference. And some of the challenges regards my family was because my wife was not seeing um, the big picture, or was not seeing, and also was not seeing the returns. So if I take money out from here, I buy car parts or I buy products and take them to Nigeria, and I spend say one week during my during my um, during my annual leave, and I spend one month of my annual leave. I know I, I know within 28 days I need to come back, hoping I'm going to make a quick sale and come back, but I find that no, it doesn't really work like that all the time. You need to actually, when you get there, source for buyers, the buyers will come, they speak different language, and you start like hustling them to, okay, just give me what you have and let's go, if you can break even. So those were, those back and forth were not really this lifestyle that I want. What I want is to do a business for a long term, and be happy about it, not the one that I'll be like running here to skelter. So my challenges was my wife was not understanding what I'm doing and I was not listening. Because if she tries to like bring in her own opinion back then I was like, oh I'll shut it down straight away because I believe I know more. I wasn't taking I wasn't like taking advice from anyone. I just want to do and do and do and do and it was really hard. It was challenging but 
switching now to a more open and a more vision-oriented uh, strategy now that we are using. We know the end game. We know how it's going to happen at the end of the year, in five to ten years' time. You get that? Yeah, definitely. Do you think sometimes people, Victor, they have like a view of entrepreneurship and business that it's all glamorous? Yes, absolutely. I, oh yeah. You know the thing called the uh, tiny object syndrome? <laughs> I was, yeah, I was a victim of that. Tiny object syndrome. Whatever, whatever is happening right now, oh. You see, oh, let's jump into that. Let me jump into that. Maybe I want to make... And it comes from the place of trying to make it quick, trying to make fast money. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, it's not really grounded. It's not It's not for the long term. It's not... We've been podcasting now for a long time. Yeah, so this is, this is probably one of the longest um, feats or path that I've taken that I've lasted this long and it's due to support that I'm still here from every one of you here so support but shiny object syndrome is a routine whereby you want to like whatever whatever is happening now you want to jump on the bandwagon or jump on the next bandwagon thinking that you're going to make a fast book but it's a pure waste of time for me yeah, I think that's good advice to anybody who's uh, looking to get into business or develop anything is to, you mentioned it earlier as well, play the long game and to think about your long-term vision rather than the quick money, definitely. Yeah, because the long game the long game is not really glamorous. It's hard work, you know, it's hard work. And we are still, and we are still here. The vision keeps us happy every day and make us want to like keep going every day victor we have a comment from the ometi family as a father now was your dad late chief or CEO of blessed memory a contributing factor to your real estate venture <laughs> yeah yeah he doesn't know me well yeah um yes he was a real, real, real contributing factor. We're probably one of the biggest landowners in the Niger Delta and the biggest landlords as well, my dad. So, and my family currently. So, yeah, it was a contributing factor. And the real estate game, you, it, you can hardly go wrong. So, I know that. So um, I, I, I have a question. I mean, now that you said your father has a lot of land, uh, you know, a lot of families that there are smaller, relatively very small family than yours. Still, people have a lot of fights over brothers and sisters of the uh, what they will receive from their parents when they're gone. Uh, what about you? Like you have fifty-two, and how's that? The what is the mindset? I guess, Matilda, you're saying, is there going to be any fight over the inheritance? And how's that going to be handled? Yes. Okay. Yes, there was. I mean, if it's a private, you don't need to share it. It's just for me, it's interesting to know 
how 52 people can function in a more peaceful way where maybe three cannot function. Yeah, um, Matilda, I don't get it wrong. It wasn't, it wasn't, there was chaos until um, even when my dad died, we had, he had a will. When the will was read, some of my, one or two of my brothers were like, you know, they weren't going with that. I say nah, it wasn't it was gonna happen? Because to me, as a back then, they felt entitled, and uh, this guy just came out with with the caveat and said, you know what, guys, I have a will. My estate has been properly shared by a solicitor by son, senior advocate of Nigeria. So it is written in stone. So there's nothing you can do about it. We had fight on on shared property. You know, but like I said, my family, as big as it is, we all have different mindsets. So we had growth mindset, we had some that had growth mindset, while some had like, you know, static mindset where they just think that, okay, this is my inheritance here, but I can't grow with this. So whatever, whatever we got, we got, and we're very grateful for it. And look at us now. But there was chaos. And, uh, and just hold that thought. And Matilda, thank you for the question. Victor, thank you for that answer. We have a comment that just came in. Audience, um, Kaola, if you could please read that out. Yeah, it's in response for Matilda's question. They thank you for the question. And they have one question, Victor, for you, since you are talking about the heritage and all of this kind of stuff. I want to know what's your legacy? What do you want to leave for your children as a legacy? And and also for the people around you. What do you want to be remembered of? Yeah, I would say I would say I'm already doing it now. Podcasting. Sharing. I want them when my legacy should be, oh, he 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 talked he, he talked about it. He spoke about it. And he made some of us to realize that there are other ways. Yeah, mostly mostly diasporans from from Africa, or from Nigeria, or from the Caribbean, or from all over the world. They know that see, as an as a, as, a, as a migrant, or let me say as an economic migrant, I came here to to for, um, to go to uni. But as an as as an economic migrant, you see, doctors they work like God knows how many hours. 13, 14 hours, nurses, 13, 14 hours. Black people, they grind, they know how to work. Work ethic is not is not lacking. But that time can be used towards being productive. So that's why that is that is what my legacy, that is what I would like my legacy to be. That he spoke about how to like look, just just take a look on your left, take a look at your right. How can you spend more time with your family. He spoke about that. How to leverage digital tools to create wealth for yourself. He spoke about that. He made us think. Yeah, he made us think. That would be my legacy. And for my kids, they knew that their dad spoke about something. Their dad stood for something. And their dad contributed to the community. That would be my legacy. And and for the folks that couldn't see, that was a big thumbs up from Kaola right there. Um, 
Okay. Well, folks, we are just about out of time. We're way out of time, but it was worthwhile. So there was plenty of time. Um, you know, it, we're just going to kind of uh, go through Sarah goodbyes, reintroduce my co-host. Normally at this time, also uh, Carla will do a wrap up. So, you know, I'll give her a second to get her thoughts together there. Um, but we're going to do go, go around center circle and uh, Matilda. I will let you go first. So my podcast is Coffee with Matilda and Journey to Self, and it's on all platforms of the podcast and on YouTube and Facebook. So find me there. <laughs> For, uh, to you, Simon. Unmute yourself, Simon. Uh, Taxi Chronicles. Um, thanks, Matilda. We post every day 8am we're on all the major platforms youtube spotify anchor um back to you victor yeah thank you simon um that's pro entrepreneurs podcast we are on youtube excuse me spotify anchor apple itunes google podcast all major platforms you can find us there check us out and don't forget to subscribe as well Okay, and uh, Kaola? Yes, so you can catch my podcast on all podcast platforms so you can hear powerful stories from real women all across the globe. Over to you, Nelson. All righty, and this is Nelson. Nelson Jason Brano here with Investing in America, where you can learn how to invest in the U.S. and some other components as well. Also, YouTube channel and book coming up, 30 October book will be launched um and i'm gonna go over to carla we're gonna do a wrap up and um, just a little little announcement actually i'd like to make carla yeah my podcast is the wonder and well-being podcast um which you can find on all podcast platforms talking about everything to do with education and the well-being of children parents educators and as a wrap-up, I think, Victor, you mentioned some lovely things tonight that we can take away when we're talking about leveling the playing field. So one of them is that you're not alone. When you're doing business, don't try to do it alone. Um, you can definitely go much further when you get everybody on board around you, when you share the vision. And you, when you share the vision with your family members and those who are committed to supporting you, that helps you. It gives you support, but it also helps them to learn. I guess when you're a parent, they're learning from you, aren't they? And the second thing was the idea of legacy. I love what you said there about leaving a legacy for your children and contributing to the community through using your voice. As a podcaster, you're using your voice. So you're not just doing business and keeping it to yourself, which lots of entrepreneurs do. They do business, they make loads of money and they hide away in a dark corner and no one really gets to benefit from them. But what's amazing about you, Victor, is that you're talking about it as you're going along you're building a community um, of people, like-minded people, and you're sharing your knowledge. And that's there is no better legacy than that, is there? So we want to encourage you. We celebrate you. And we love having you in the team, Victor, learning with you and seeing your journey as you grow. So I think that you definitely summed up um, what it means to level the playing field tonight. Back to you, Nelson. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, first thing we have a comment coming in from Jolomi Omlette. W job well done, guys. Okay. Just to let you know, I'm sure also meant the females of the group. 
Okay, so job well done, Jolomi Omelmeti. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. And um, just to let everybody know, we are all across the globe, okay? There was a saying that the sun never sets on the English empire. Well, the sun never sets on Podcasters Unleashed, all right? Because we are literally across the globe right now. In every major time zone, we are there. So that shows the level of commitment. Um, I just want to thank everyone here, my co-hosts, the audience, the folks. Um, you know, we were able to share this time here with Victor, his podcasting journey. Also, the complimentary ebook as well. I'd highly, highly, highly encourage everyone to kind of get it now. I think this time next year, you might have to be whipping out a credit card to get that ebook. So get it while you can now. All right. Get it while you can now. Having said that, it is time for us to say our goodbye. So everyone take care. And it has been a pleasure. And also the people that couldn't join. So live long, live prosperous, and everyone take care. Look forward to having all of you on this time next week, okay? All right, guys. Take care. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye, bye. Bye, guys. Bye.